don't do the claps. <laughs> For once. Yeah, it's just lined up perfect. Look at this. The dream. <laughs> How's it going, guys? It's me, Jimmy Champagne, here today with episode 27 of Fear Frequency. That was a different intro, because this is a different episode. We are in the same room again. For the first time in a while? First time since the first episode. Damn, man. 26 episodes ago. <laughs> I was going to say 26 weeks ago, but we took like three weeks off, so yeah, the math is all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, if you're a new listener, because we've had a few of those lately, so I used to live in Michigan, like right outside Detroit, where George lives now. Then I moved to L.A., a few years ago but george and i are obviously best friends so we like stayed stay in touch so we started this podcast last october when i came home for no reason i came home because i had like a week <laughs> <laughs> i had a week off and then so i came home we started this podcast but then since then we've done it over the internet where george records on his end i record on my end and then i sync it up later and every episode that causes a problem where <laughs> a we don't know when one of us is done talking so i have to edit out all the pauses and B, I ask him, how's it going every week? And then there's this like three to four second pause. <laughs> he says, good, good. And I interrupt him <laughs> every week. So this week we don't have that. So this episode is going to be a little different because we got a story time. So for my YouTube channel, I've been working on this like kind of pseudo documentary type video about this road at this house my parents own out in the woods. Uh, there's a road in the city of Metamora called Blood Road. And if you Google Blood Road, you'll find all these like weird forum posts and all this weird shit about how it's haunted. So George and I have had some like haunted experiences there, but I made a video about that and I needed to get some B-roll. And I just got a new drone. I got a Mavic Air and I was like, great, this would be awesome. Like, I could get some drone shots. So immediately I wake up after taking a red eye uh, from LA to Michigan on Saturday George and I get up there around three or four and uh, we, we get some cool drone shots. And then, so we get to blood road and I'm like, what if we did this thing like the beginning of evil dead where I fly it at top speed in yeah. sport mode. <laughs> I mean, it was going 35 miles an hour plus like yeah. this thing was flying. So I turn it on from inside the car and then about three feet off the ground, I'd say I had it and yeah. we were tailing it going 35 <laughs> and it was faster than us. So, we like hit this bump and I lose connection for some reason. And the drone literally, instead of stopping because it's in sport mode, it flies straight into a tree <laughs> and the back arm broke. So I've had this thing for about a week and a half and I already <laughs> broke it. <laughs> Luckily, it's a very cheap and easy fix. It's like 14 bucks. They pay the shipping and everything. It happens to a lot of people. So I'm not too bummed. And I got the shots I wanted to get. So, Blood Road, the curse still haunts us. We got some great <laughs> shots, though. It came out great. Video's gonna be good. So then, uh, after that, <laughs> we had the best the best night in a while. <laughs> so, there's a restaurant up there that we always go to. It's called Sagebrush Cantina. It's a Mexican restaurant. It's great. Even though it's in Michigan, I, and I live in LA where there's like a ton of great Mexican food. My favorite Mexican food is here in Michigan at Sagebrush. Uh, there's two of them. So, we go to Sagebrush. It's a two-hour wait, which is very common. So we go to the bar next door. And one of the cool perks about Michigan that I always forget is that you can get tall beers, like 32-ounce beers. Yeah, for, roughly 24, 32. For nothing. <laughs> and they have this great beer called Oberon here, and it's kind of making its way around the country now, but it's really good. So George and I each have two tall Oberons. Yeah. And then we go to Sagebrush, and we have a Pacifica. We have one beer each. Mm -hmm. 
And then we decided to Uber down to the bar down the street, which we love. It's called the Oxford Tap Room. It's where all the townies go. Yeah, it's just kind of like a local dive bar with, like, you know, just the locals hanging out. Yeah. Having a great old time. So, we just we just had a crazy night. Just a wild <laughs> night there. Got to the point where we wanted to go home, but we still had beer in our cups. So, we thought it'd be a good idea to leave the bar with our beers. <laughs> They don't stop us. I don't know if they saw. I feel like I hit it well, but it's one of those things like where I was really drunk. So like I could have, they could have just been like, man, we don't want to like start something. With these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're waiting for our Uber outside with two, a beer two, each. Two beers in our hands on the street. And there's a point to the story. I promise it relates to the episode. So, so immediately the second we get out of this bar a cop drives by and we're just like fuck but the cop just drove by i don't know how he didn't see us and uh we get home and this week on the show we, we talked about this movie before we love it it's called hell house llc i think i've seen it i don't know probably seven or eight times now like i've just watched it so many times I and mean, you've seen it a few times right i've seen it like probably three or four times yeah so the cool thing about it is the guy who directed it, I think his name's Stephen Cognetti. He like released a hundred DVD copies of the director's cut, and our only gripe with this movie was the ending. And the director's cut extended the ending. So I went on Amazon. I bought this immediately. It is like the it feels like it feels like something you shouldn't have. It's like a really bad it, DVD case. It feels like a bootleg DVD. Yeah, and like the case came like it looks like an animal was chewing on it. There's like Mm-hmm. Divots in the plastic, like a cat or a dog was chewing on the. <laughs> it looks like the DVD looks like they stuck the DVD in a printer. <laughs> like that's the printing on the DVD, like a laser jet printer. So we're gonna watch. Like the whole plan was, we're gonna watch it and review it. So we get home, and we are both just like, I'd say seven out of ten, most drunk. Yeah, very drunk. Uh, crack open another beer and immediately break the glass that I took. <laughs> From the bar. <laughs> so, we start the movie. I remember one scene because it was different than the regular movie. And then I fell asleep. Yeah, I remember about like 13 seconds of it. And <laughs> that's about it. So, we both made it about 10 minutes in. And so, uh, that was a great night. So, then tonight, we're like, okay, we're finally going to watch it. Uh, we get back. And because it's 2018... Neither of our laptops have disk drives anymore. And this movie, the director's cut, was only released on uh, blue or on, on DVD. It was never released digitally. But I thought it might be digital because people on the online said that the Amazon Prime streaming one is the director's cut. We just watched it, and I can confirm it's just not the director's cut. <laughs> so we're gonna be reviewing Hell House LLC, but we don't know if the director's cut has a better ending. But I guess it doesn't really matter because there was only 100 copies and it's sold out now. So it's not like... If we did review it, it wouldn't be very fair to you because you wouldn't be able to go watch it. <laughs> so I guess it's better that we're reviewing the non-director's cut. Right, the one that most people have access to. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just... It's been a, it's been a crazy weekend. <laughs> and uh, before that, though, George, you had, a, you had a wild experience in your car. Yeah. It's, we've had these, like... It's like the blood road has cursed us. <laughs> 
So this listen listen to what happened to George just so recently. So like last week I was driving to work down like one of the main interstates in Michigan and this road is like been under a ton of construction. They've been trying to refill potholes. They're shutting it down end of this week for like a nine million dollar overhaul project to completely redo it because it's so it's in such a state of disrepair. And so I'm driving and I'm just on my way to work and a rock flies through my driver's side window and covers me with glass while I'm driving to work. So the initial shock of the window exploding on me while it's like freezing cold, this like ice cold air whipping across my face. How far were you from work when it happened? Uh, I still had about 20 minutes of my commute. So, (laughs) so you're just driving, so you're driving in the winter with your window down. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there is no window. There's nothing I could do about it. Okay. I'm driving and I'm on the expressway too. So I'm going like minimum 65 to 70 miles per hour with this freezing cold wind whipping at me. So I, I don't pull over anything. I just drive straight to work. (laughs) It sucks. Cause like your destination isn't good. Right, it's not like I'm on my way to this fun thing. It's and not then... like you're on your way to Sagebrush Canteen <laughs> in Oxford, Michigan. Right. So, I'm driving to work. I finish, I just drive straight to work. I park it in the parking lot as if nothing's wrong and just walk in. And I start calling local uh, glass like window repair places to see if I can get the car repaired today. Because, obviously, I don't want to drive around in the winter with one of my windows gone. I, I don't get that, but okay, whatever. <laughs> So, as I'm, like, calling around trying to figure this out, I get a call from the security desk at my work, and they're like, oh, hey, uh, did you know that your driver's side window is completely obliterated? And I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm handling it. So, uh, I end up scheduling an appointment, and I took a half day off of work, and I went and got it replaced, but, like, even that in and of itself was another nightmare. <laughs> so, so, we've had a crazy couple of weeks, you guys, but... I'm really happy that we're in the same room together to record this because there's going to be minimal editing on it because I usually edit the show on my MacBook that I use at work, but my my main laptop is a Windows computer. It's a Razer Blade. I don't know how to use Audacity. I usually I edit this podcast in Final Cut Pro, <laughs> which is a video editing program. <laughs> so right out the gate, I've kind of screwed myself into a corner. Uh, so we're gonna get it right on the first try, and I feel like that's a guarantee. We'll be better. So, oh, dude, do you hear that? Do, do you I hear that scream? I think I hear from Haddonfield, Illinois. The final scream ever uttered on film by Donald Pleasant. Donald Pleasant, the Doctor Loomis. Wow, that's gonna be really fun. To, I just talked about how I'm gonna <laughs> have a tough time editing this, and uh, I realized that I do that in post. We'll look behind the curtain for you guys, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we got a big, fucking huge Halloween alert this week. So the first one, first story on here, John Carpenter. This one, this one's surprising, guys. John Carpenter just confirmed, or Jason Blum confirmed that John Carpenter is scoring the movie. So I thought this was like a done deal, but. Uh, Apparently, it's a new thing. Someone asked Jason Blum on Twitter if he could confirm or deny that he's providing the score, and Jason Blum said confirm. So, I guess there was some doubt on whether or not John Carpenter was providing the score. It seems a little weird to me. Yeah, I thought that the whole news of him 
like being involved with the movie was because he was going to do the score. I don't think he's there for any like story capacity reasons or to like shape the vision of the movie at all. I thought he was there to basically give it his blessing and compose for it. Yeah, so I don't know. People are reporting on this though, but I guess it's good to get the confirmation that he's doing the score. Right? I mean, it's cool. What was the last I mean, he had that album that he made of his own original music, but I don't think he's scored a movie in a while. No, definitely not. But hopefully this opens the doors for him to do more movies, because that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to get some more of that Carpenter-esque music. And, like, the rumor going around on the street is that this is definitively the last Halloween movie with Michael Myers and Laurie Strode, so hopefully you know what's going to do well. Like, this movie, look beyond the curtain on my YouTube channel, any video I make about this movie does well. Like, anything. I made a four-minute video about how I liked the poster, and it did well. So, people are into this movie. It's obviously going to make a ton of money, so I really hope that it ends up with them doing a yearly Halloween movie like they originally planned. Like, like an anthology yeah. style where every every year it's a new story, a new setting, yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. That'd be cool if they go back to that idea. I think the issue is it might fall into the same trap that it did the first time if the Michael Myers is so successful... Right. You try to do something different, people are like, we want Michael Myers, and then we get... They're going to have to definitively <laughs> kill him. If, Yeah, yeah. I really hope that doesn't happen, because that was really dumb, because Halloween 3 is great. Yeah, I think within the horror community, I think it gets a lot of praise now, mm-hmm. but obviously at the time, people yeah, were yeah, very definitely. against it, and I think it had a stigma on its back for a long time, before oh, people did. went back and started watching it and being like, this is actually... Probably the best Halloween sequel. It is. It yeah. re- I really think that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, John Carpenter's scoring the movie. Moral of the story. So, that's good. Next up on the list, we have that Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis has seen a trailer for the movie, and she said, There are a lot of people who love watching scary movies, and they're going to love this movie. I've seen a trailer, and I've seen some footage, and it's terrifying. They went full tilt boogeyman. She told Yahoo. I guess. I know Yahoo did interviews, but... Okay. But yeah, that's cool, right? Yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't know, again, like we said last week, why would she say anything bad about the movie? Right, one of the main, like, actors in the movie isn't gonna be like, I saw the trailer and, oh boy, this thing stinks. This movie's gonna suck. uh, I'm the main character of this movie. Let me tell you, it is a steaming pile of shit. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's not really a huge, like, vote of confidence because it's pretty biased look at the movie but yeah. I, I mean it's cool that they have a trailer made so we're likely gonna get yeah, a trailer that's, soon yeah that's the real meat of this right. is that we're getting a trailer soon right so they have something ready to drop on everyone so they tested the water with the big new poster and now there's some kind of trailer in the works and I can't wait to see it yeah I wanna I just wanna see it and then that leads <laughs> into the next one which is that the poster was released and I don't know, man, all this news, obviously talking about this every week has got me excited. Yeah. But seeing this poster, like seeing the mask, it's just a black poster with the mask that got me pumped. I was just like, it's real. Yeah. It's I, fucking awesome. I mean, I wasn't sure how they were going to do the mask in this one. I was hoping it would just be like as close to the one yeah. in the first movie as possible, but it looks like it's just very weathered. It looks aged. Yeah, right. Like, extremely. And it has, like, age lines, like, skin. Yeah, like, right, like, stuff. as if the mask is aging with it. Yeah, and then, like, a really cool detail in it 
is that if you like brighten it up and increase the contrast, you can see that the left eye is poked out from when uh, from you know the coat hanger. Yeah, when the she gets with the coat hanger. So it's cool that they're keeping the continuity with the first movie. Like they that attention to detail is what I wanted to see, and I think they did that intentionally in the poster instead of like shadowing that eye or something, so that they'd be like, hey, we get it, we understand like how much we need to pay attention in this movie to yeah. get it right. So. Yeah, the final <laughs> update on Halloween, though, is kind of like, it's a mess. Uh, so, there was a test screening that 20 people went to in California, and initially the rumors came out, Horror Freak News reported that it's not a good movie. Like, the test screening went really bad, and one guy said, just a bunch of dumb shit, I don't really want to talk about it, because it's, it's you'll see in a second, but John Carpenter said there wasn't a screening, other people confirmed there was a screening, but the moral of the story is, uh, test screenings are done so that they can test like literally one scene. They want to see how one scene plays before reshoots, because every movie gets reshoots now. So, also, only one person had a negative thing to say about the movie. <laughs> Twenty people saw it, and it was the responses were mostly very good to excellent in terms of how good the movie yeah. was. And one person responded fair. They didn't even say bad. <laughs> they responded that it was okay. And it's a very early cut. It obviously probably doesn't even have music on it. So yeah. I, I don't think this really matters. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's good that it's starting to take shape at this point mm-hmm. where they're having test screenings. The trailer's done. They have the poster out. Everything's kind of coming together at this yeah, point. Yeah. So it's cool that everything seems to be on track for this October release. Right. And that exactly. the movie is going to be ready and it's going to be hopefully very good (laughs) i hope it's good dude i mean it's it's one of those things where like if it's not good it doesn't really matter because it's just you know par for the course yeah it has like nothing to lose but everything yeah yeah yeah. but if it's great it's that's awesome (laughs) yeah i mean like you said you know the last sequels and all that like you know resurrection H2O, I don't think is very good. I um, People are coming around on that movie. <laughs> I just, I can't get on board with that. We just watched it recently for some yeah. reason. In October when I came back. Yeah. That mask, dude, it's bad. <laughs> it's really his bad. His knife is like comically big. It's like a steak knife the size of a sword he's carrying around <laughs> in that movie. It's like, come on with this shit, dude. Like, they did a CGI mask at one point in that movie. <laughs> it's just, that 90s look is terrible. It's like budget scream that's what it looks like it really does look like that and the title is bad just like yeah i mean jesus dude it's had a rough go for the last like seven movies (laughs) yeah we want to rewatch uh the first the rob zombie first one see if that holds up but i mean i'm lukewarm on that movie i didn't hate it i think the big issue is that they spend too much time on michael myers as a kid yeah that that's it. Where if they cut like the first forty five minutes into fifteen minutes, right, and then added more Michael Myers things throughout the and I movie. I think the movie's two hours, so that wouldn't even do anything. Yeah, like... I mean, I just think there's too much exposition on Child Michael in that movie. Yeah, but, but I think that it has a has a very good like style to it. Yeah, so I mean, we'll rewatch it if we do. We'll talk about it on the show and let you know what we think. Uh, <laughs> 11 years later yeah shit that's crazy that's already 11 years old i remember i saw it in theaters yeah i mean that was before we were friends i think what year did we like 
Well, me and you met in sixth grade, but yeah. like we weren't really like close until like ninth grade. Yeah. In two thousand seven, we would have been like eighth grade. Yeah. Jeez, that's crazy, man. <laughs> so yeah, we'll rewatch that. We'll let you know what we think. Uh, and the last thing I have on here for the Halloween alert section is that Pop Culture Shock is releasing a Michael Myers figure that is undoubtedly going to be like roughly a million dollars. I would say <laughs> uh, it has rooted hair and fabric clothes and it's uh it's it's pretty fucking cool it's him at the top of the staircase it looks awesome with the sheet the ghost sheet that he wears (laughs) so they did not announce a price but it's going to go up for pre-order on april 23rd which is to today it went up today but there's no price so who knows it just looks really cool i just want to put it on here it's awesome but (laughs) it is going to cost a million dollars it's going to be so expensive i don't know why neca hasn't you really hope right that NECA gets to release a figure the problem is NECA gets these rights when the movie does well like they announced their Pennywise when the it movie did well yeah. because NECA's a toy company that thrives on their toys actually selling like I feel like a toy not doing well is actually kind of bad for them right you know, like they take that hit hard yeah so I get where they're coming from where like they want to make sure the movie does well before they like you know sign the ink on the dotted line but I wish we could get these toys to coincide with the movie assuming that they do make a michael myers toy which i think they will mcfarlane did a movie maniacs michael myer figure a while ago but like it's really expensive yeah i mean i think any michael myers collectible is kind of expensive at this yeah. point because we haven't had any in the toy realm any like new it's funny a NECA puts on new jason every three days it feels like <laughs> or a new freddy but they just we never got a good michael myers and that's it's that's the one i want right i mean like and you only need to release one good one yeah and it's like a relatively basic look the only thing is you have to get the mask right yeah and this mask they did get right i mean the figure looks amazing yeah i'm just like i'm not paying for it if i had an infinite amount of money i would buy one of these but until I see the price, which will make me throw up when I see it, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, like we were just talking. We really like flexing on nine-year-olds who have no disposable <laughs> income. Like I buy Legos and I put it on my Instagram and shit because I have money. I don't have enough money to flex on anyone with this shit, dude. Like there's no way. It's just too much money. I, I don't know. If you don't announce the price of your toy when you announce it, yeah. you, that means it's a lot. Yeah. So I don't know. You guys can search this one out. Let's, let's do a quick guess oh, okay. on what the price is going to be. And then we'll try to come back to it and next see. week. We'll have to set a reminder. We'll do a price is right. So okay. H- how close without going over? So every time I look at a sideshow toy, I'm like, I would pay 130 bucks for that, <laughs> and then they're 250. So I'm gonna go 250 on this. And I think that might be low. I'll go 300. Okay. 250 on my end, 300 on George's end. If we forget next week to come back to this. <laughs> Someone do the the work for us and let us know <laughs> who won. You can let us know on Twitter or Instagram or wherever. We'll we'll figure it out and we'll give you credit on the show uh, for letting us know who won. But I'm saying two fifty. You're saying three hundred. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that's it for the Halloween alerts this week. Um, we got a big news section, and now we're going into the sad news. Ash versus Evil Dead is canceled, and Bruce Campbell has retired the character officially. So. Season three, I've seen I've seen most of season three now, and it's not very good. It has some good practical effects, but it's it's not the like climax that this show, which was originally planned to be five seasons, I think, needed. 
and it showed because this was the le- least watched season season of them all. Yeah, I think the writing's been on the wall for this show for a while. I feel like even since the first season, there's been talk of like, oh, it did like, bad the first season. Like fans really like it, but not enough people watch it. Basically, so yeah. it just was not doing well ratings wise. I think ever. Like I think the when the first episode came out, it did okay, but. Yeah, because the first episode's the best one. Right. And, I mean, I liked... I watched the first season, and I started the second season. I think the first season's okay. It's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. There's very high highs, but there's very low lows. There are low lows. And season two also is the same problem. Yeah, so I think the big issue with the show is just the lack of consistency and yeah. quality. Where it... had There were parts where it was awesome, and it's great to see Bruce Campbell... Right you know re take up the mantle of the character and like yeah do it so well but at the same time this was i there's many parts that were just like very lacking in like writing and story and like you know pacing i think the biggest problem here so my favorite show of all time i'm pretty sure is mr robot it's made by a guy named sam Esmail, and the reason that show is so good is not only because one guy came up with the concept and stuck with it this guy in season two and he directed most of season one wrote and directed but in season two and season three he wrote and directed every single episode and when he took over and made sure the show that he created was running well it got a lot better and it was already great in season one but season two is you know you're getting the exact story that the creator of the universe wants told sam raimi i think he must like outline the season arc with you know he meets with bruce campbell and his brother and they get together and they outline the arc but if you look at who writes this show it's like australian tv directors and the guy or the the lady who directed silent hill or uh the sequel to silent hill and they just it's just they have untalented horror people working on this show so it's like they have the the character of ash perfectly nailed they got a great first episode but it's like they're actively working against what this show needs to do well. It's like, why is it shot in New Zealand, you know? Yeah. It's set in fucking Michigan. <laughs> like, you can't fake that. I understand that New Zealand is like, this, you know, geographically diverse place with some beautiful vistas. And like, you can get a lot of different stuff there. But there's no reason for the show to be shot there. It doesn't look like Michigan. No. As someone from Michigan, I can tell you <laughs> it looks nothing like it. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks that there wasn't the like level of care and detail yeah to making sure that it was like why would you half-ass it at that point right and then and then you know they come out and like every season it's like yikes not doing so hot and it's like well it's like you know you know how hard it was to get this made right so i mean if i was sam raimi i I don't know what he's got going on i'm sure he's busy or whatever because he's a big time like producer and director but man if you won that battle you'd think he'd be sticking with it for the rest of the show like, I understand that directing episode, like, you know, however many 12 to 15 episodes of a TV show every year is hard and it takes up a lot of time. But if this is a character you truly care about, like, I just feel like the smart move would have been to stick with it after having to work so hard to get the show made. I don't think it would have even necessarily had to have been Raimi. I think if it was Raimi, that'd be yeah, it could have been his excellent, brother. but it could have been just someone who had, a, like, a similar yeah, vision yeah, yeah, for the yeah. character and just made sure that they were, like, had full creative control of how it was shot directed the story i think if there was just one voice controlling the show it would have done better like any of the people who worked on the scream show which is so underrated 
Like Ty West directed episodes of that yeah. show and it showed. They took this garbage concept with an MTV budget and MTV like writing and characterization and with good directing, they made some pretty kick-ass episodes of that show. And when Ty West came in and directed an episode, you fuck it, you knew. Like you knew there was a good director behind the camera. And like nothing against New Zealand or Australian TV directors, but are they really the right people to be working on a practical effects heavy horror show? You know, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it just needed the right hands on it. Yeah. And a consistent one person with their hand on the steering wheel. And I feel like what we got was just kind of a hodgepodge. And that's why it never really picked up steam. And like, I'm bummed it's over. But can you like, look at people act like we don't get enough Ash. We've gotten three movies with him and three full seasons of TV. That doesn't happen ever. Like, that is a lot. And And it was largely pretty good. Like... We're shitting on the creative process, but overall, even with all these factors actively going against it, it still ended up being pretty good. Like, I'd give it a hard seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, Ash is such a fun character. Yeah. And, like, having Campbell come back to do it, I mean, it's he's always a blast to watch mm-hmm. as that character, because he just, you can tell he loves it. You can tell that it's, like, something that's very personal to him as Yeah, you know, actor. you know he likes being that character. Right. So... I mean, I, we did get a lot of them. It's sad to see, you know, one of these people who's kind of a horror icon hang up the, yeah. you know, the costume and he's not playing that character anymore. But I think it just, yeah, I think it might be time to just put him to bed. I know. And it sucks because you know what I really always liked about Ash was that he was the good guy. Yeah. You know, it's like, how many horror icons do you have where the, the, the good guy yeah. is the horror <laughs> icon? I just always thought that was so cool. And like, I, I don't know, this is, this might not mean anything, but I just think it's cool that this is that George and I in our lifetime got an Ash Williams story that we got to watch that happened in our lifetime because I was like huh maybe Army of Darkness happened when after we were born but that movie came out literally a month before I was born and I'm a little bit older than you yeah so <laughs> this is finally we got an Ash Williams story in our lifetime like that's cool and it's canon you know it's not like Friday the 13th yeah. or Nightmare on Elm Street where they rebooted it and it was trash like this this was like a real good Ash Williams story in our lifetime. That feels pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a very unique situation since there's no other eighties horror movies that got something like that. I mean, yeah. Scream got the TV show. Like we talked about, but yeah, that, but that wasn't was, like scream, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, that show also came, those movies came out like roughly around the time where we were born. So yeah, like and the first it, one was like 93, 93. Yeah. And then it's funny. Cause like, they did the cop-out kill with Georgia's most hated actress in that movie, Drew Barrymore. And then they did the cop-out kill with my most hated actress, Bella Thorne, in the TV show. So we're connected there on screen. So I always thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, so Bruce Campbell tweeted out, he said, Big props for, to the fans for the effort, but I'm retired as Ash because people were trying to get Netflix to pick the show up. But luckily, they uh, they filmed... Even season two, the ending of season two felt like a serious finale, but mm-hmm. season three, they filmed that finale with it in mind. And I guess season four was going to go to the future post-apocalyptic and have them fight robots, which like, I don't know, that sounds pretty bad <laughs> to me. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. I mean, he got to, he's not really going out on his own terms. I mean, mm-hmm. he sort of is, but it's like, they get to end the character with a, an ending. They get yeah. to actually yeah, yeah. finish it, which is cool. Yeah, so, you know, that's it sucks, but it's, like, bittersweet. Yeah. It's just cool we got it in the first place. I think it could have been a lot worse. Like, I like Ash a lot, 
But uh, I also really like the remake a lot. You know, you guys know I go back and forth pretty much every week on which one I think is better. So I don't know. Hopefully this this gets things moving on a sequel to that reboot with Fetty Alvarez on board. You know, like yeah, how cool would that be? That'd be amazing. Yeah. So here's here's what we're next one we're gonna talk about is a little bit of a it's a funny one because you know all the people a lot of reporters were saying that you shouldn't report on test screenings and that's bad, but. Today, a bunch of eight seconds of Venom uh, leaked, and everyone reported on it, which is like kind of a. It doesn't seem like a, a kind of a double, double standard. standard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, eight seconds of the Venom trailer leaked, and it. You see Tom Hardy, uh, you see you see Venom say "We are Venom," and then the Venom suit generates. People are really excited about it, and I get that, but I also don't get that because this movie, it's rated R. It stars Tom Hardy. That's like that's good, right? Like, yeah. Eh, George doesn't like Tom I'm Hardy. I'm not a big Tom I'm Hardy I'm lukewarm fan, on Tom like... Hardy. I think he's a good actor. I just like he just kind of rubs me the wrong way for some reason. But Sony is making this movie with no direct involvement from Marvel Studios. Like, I I tweeted about this that I want to get excited for it, but knowing that Sony, like trusting Sony not to fuck it up, just feels like a dis like it feels like I'm potentially disappointing future me. And this guy <laughs> responded to me. He said, I wouldn't trust Sony to look after a sandwich. And I laughed at that because that's funny, but it's true. Like, this, this is Sony without any creative involvement from Marvel Studios. That's bad. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that I think the original Spider-Man movies were any good was because mm-hmm. you had a director like Raimi at the helm yeah. to do them. Totally. So, I think this, without having a big name like it attached to it, I mean, Tom Hardy is the actor, but there's no, you know... The, the movie is going to live or die by how the story is told and the direction of it. So You know Spider-Man is not going to be in it at all? I think he is. I fucking hope he's not. I think dude. Tom Holland is in it. Oh my god. So not they're, like... They're going to the, take... Not the, as like the protagonist. Fuck, like Not dude. as the antagonist, but I think he's in the movie at some point. I'm, I'm upset about this. <laughs> That's not good. Like... <laughs> Sony should not be allowed to dictate anything on that character. He's so pure. He's, I want to protect him. I want to like, like, come here, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Not like the human being Tom Holland, like the Peter Parker of that universe. Like, come here, buddy. I want to protect you from your dad. I feel like like Sony is this abusive, alcoholic stepdad who's coming home with like Negan's bat, just like rubbing it up the staircase wall, and he's like, Tommy, Tommy, come here. I'm going to kill you. That's what I feel like Sony is. Yeah. I am not happy about that if he's in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I never really got the whole, like, big push for the Venom as a character. I thought he was cool in the, like, the animated Spider-Man show. Yeah. When they do the whole black suit Spider-Man and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. All that was interesting. And... I get that it's cool that he's an alien, but at the same time, like, what's he gonna do? How do you focus the story around Venom? Like, they what? gotta make. So I, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, some of you might know, and they gotta make the bad guy Cletus Cassidy as Carnage. Yeah, like that's that's his only. <laughs> but I saw that they're like teasing that at the end of this movie. So like, whatever fucking villain they're gonna come up with, this is gonna suck ass. I know it. I just fucking know it. I know this movie's going to be bad. I know it in my heart. Like, I don't trust Sony. There's no reason to trust Sony. They don't make good movies. Yeah. They they made Blade Runner 2049, but that was through Columbia, right? Like, that wasn't even Sony proper. And, um, 
what Denise Villeneuve was the director. Yeah, it's like how, so... how's that guy gonna fuck anything? Right, up? exactly. It's like it's just it's so stupid. <laughs> this movie shouldn't be made, and if it brings Tom Holland in, it's just gonna like it's gonna stain that Spider Man <laughs> who's in a the one of the best Marvel movies, like yeah. top three for me. Yeah, for sure. Spider Man Homecoming is fucking awesome. It's like the re- I like that movie so much because it's a good movie before it's a superhero movie. Like they were like, let's make a good movie and then pop, like lay put the super layer superhero frosting on top of the good cake. Yeah, you know it's not like other movies. I won't get into it. <laughs> I don't want to make anyone mad, but uh, I just I don't want to let myself get excited for this. The footage itself, though, did you see it yet, George? No, not yet. Uh, the footage itself, it's eight seconds long. Oh, you can hear it, guys. We're listening to it live. So, what do you think of that? <laughs> it doesn't look you wanna good. You want to watch it again? You want to watch it again? Here you go. So. I mean, the look is kind of right. People were shitting on the Spider-Man 3 one. And that looked like Venom. There's nothing wrong with that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think the issue with that was that it was uh, Topher Grace. Yeah, it was, as... it was the movie it was in. In Topher Grace. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, I'm just not very excited about this. I was, like, even when it came out with the big announcement, it's like, Tom Hardy's gonna be in it. This thing's gonna be crazy. I mean, I have a bias against Tom Hardy, so I was like, yeah, yeah. who cares? Like, why does that make it Good a actors <laughs> do bad movies, dude. Like, even yeah. though, like, other people like them, I kind of like them. That, an actor means virtually nothing to me. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> all you have to do is just pay someone enough money and they'll probably do your movie, you yeah. know? Like, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. He's a good actor for the role, but the people behind the role aren't good at making movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I I'm... guarantee you he's going to fucking drink some Mountain Dew or some... Whoever... Because <laughs> you know Sony is like product placement, the movie company. Right. It's just... I don't know. I'm not excited for this right now. They have to work pretty damn hard to get me excited. Luckily, because this trailer leaked, apparently the guy who was editing it just like took video of it off his phone and then re- like tweeted it out which like how to lose your job in one easy yeah. way like uh since he did that they'll probably release the trailer within like hours so we'll find out next week what we really think yeah i mean i'd like to see more of it i don't want to really shit on it before we see any... i'm so confident that's gonna be bad i don't care <laughs> like i'm fine shitting on it before i see anything yeah but i mean it's good that they'll probably they're working on something for us general consumers to see so yeah and if you guys think i mean too negative if you say your wait till the movie really low when the movie if the movie's good i won't be i'll be excited just bookmark this come back after the movie comes out and then <laughs> see how it compares but see like george you know this i'm the kind of person where like there's people out there who like they see a movie trailer and they're like man i'm gonna hate that movie and then they go in and they're just like they force themselves to not like a movie you know right i'm not one of those people I can be turned around by... I know what a good movie is, I feel. So, like, if a movie is good and I didn't like it before, I'll eat that crow. And I'll be like, yeah, I thought the movie looked bad. But I usually have good reasons, I think, for thinking the movie looked bad. But then it impresses me. And then I feel better. I don't want to hate a movie. Right. Like, we, we talk about this all the time. I don't... Yeah. Like, we don't like hating movies. But, like, we are critical film watchers, I think. Yeah. So, when they put out shitty trailers and stuff like that and the studios behind movies are not good we're gonna talk about it yeah i mean these are obviously just our opinions i mean if you think that the 
eight seconds look cool and you're excited for it, then... Yeah, I'm not trying to tell other people how to think. <laughs> like, feel how you want. Yeah. If you're excited for it, that's good. I'm glad that you're excited about it. <laughs> so, uh, next up... Oh, I can't read the headline I wrote. But, um, Supreme is, uh... <laughs> Supreme announced that they're making a Hellraiser. Dude, they're doing it. Are you a hype beast, George? No. Okay, I'll read it. They're doing a Hellraiser drop. Uh, they're doing uh, you know, like a, a crew neck sweater, a couple jackets, a hoodie, and they chose. Oh, that's really ugly. They chose um, Hellraiser three because it's the easiest one to get the rights for. But luckily, that movie has a really cool tagline of Hell on Earth, so it's just pinheads, pinhead gear. And I don't know. I'm not a hype beast. I don't get the, I don't get the like love for Supreme mm-hmm. that much. And some of it's okay. There's pajama pants that look kind of cool. I mean, am I wrong in thinking that like a lot of the Supreme gear is like purposefully supposed to look bad? No, like I, is that? I think that's the point. I I know <laughs> is what, that kind of like you, I know how out of touch it. we sound right now, but that's I think that's the point of it. <laughs> I mean, like the t-shirts are cool. I mean, the t-shirts are fine because they're but like pretty can... basic, but I'm not going to pay a premium for that basic t-shirt. I know for a fact that exact same t-shirt has been sold by other people before. Yeah. Like, I could get a PNG of Pinhead's face and put it on a t-shirt. Like, yeah, go to build your own t-shirt No one's going to know it's a Supreme shirt, I don't think. Like, hey, everyone, pull out the tag on the back of my neck and take a look. <laughs> Like, the hoodie looks cool, I guess. I like the one that says Hell on Earth on the back. The basketball shorts I could do without because they're horrendous. <laughs> they're, like, really ugly. The pajama pants are cool, but Fright Rags does them way better and cheaper. And these shirt, there's, like, some shirts that are, like, jerseys, v-necks. They look terrible. There's one that has a torso with pinhead <laughs> on it, and the shoulders are red and black camo. Uh, I think that's ugly. <laughs> but then there's like two military jackets that I think look pretty cool. And uh, I, mean, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't get the appeal of it really. So, I think Hellraiser as a brand is like kind of dead at this point. It's kind of a joke. Yeah. I mean. I, I will say the first first one for sure scared me really bad. Yeah. Like, that's a creepy movie. And there's things I like about movies in the series. I just... I don't. Know. I would never go out of my way to pay a premium to wear yeah. Hellraiser on my clothes. Like, it just doesn't appeal to me personally. And then you know, if they ever did a Halloween one, it would be like Halloween Five, Michael Myers, whatever's the no. It'd be Halloween Six, the producers cut. Oh my god, the curse of Michael Myers. Yeah, whatever one's the easiest to get the rights for, or it'd be <laughs> the Rob Zombie one. It's like how Dead by Daylight, whenever they get uh, licenses. It'll be like the the Nightmare on Elm Street one is the remake Freddy and stuff. It's just like oh, yeah, don't bother. <laughs> it's like if you can't get like the best one, then Keep don't it. even do it. Yeah, yeah. This one kind of works because I mean the character of Pinhead visually mm-hmm. hasn't changed really much since the first movie, and that is a good tagline. The hell on earth. Is yeah, cool. I think that's cool. But I don't know. I'm not gonna pay a premium for any one of these articles of clothing. Yeah. So another conspiracy theory related to the phrase "hell on earth" that's coming out is that Pete Hines, I think from Bethesda, was doing an interview talking about getting ready for E3, and he like apparently just looked right at the guy and was like, "Getting ready for E3 is hell on earth," <laughs> which is the tagline for Doom Two, the original <laughs> Doom Two. So the rumor on the street is that Doom Two is being teased for E3. 
Which would be awesome. Which is like, that's a slam dunk. <laughs> and you know why that's cool? Because Bethesda does this thing where if they bring a game to E3, that means it's out that year. Yeah. That's their new it's thing. It's basically done at that point. love it. And they're teasing Prey DLC because they don't like money. <laughs> no one's going to buy that. No. But they're teasing you it. you and like two other people. Yeah. Prey is awesome. Everyone should play it. But they're teasing it. So I'm going to buy it. Like, I don't care. I love, I fucking love Bethesda, dude. They're just like... They make amazing games that no one plays. I think other than, like, Fallout and Skyrim. Yeah, Fallout, Skyrim, and Doom. People play Doom. Yeah. Wolfenstein 2 did not sell well. They were not happy with that game. No. I heard a lot of, like, weird things about that game. I loved it, personally. I thought it was fun. There's, there's some crazy shit in that game, dude. I, I'm not going to spoil it because you haven't played it. I don't think a lot of other people played it, but... You could come up with what you think the craziest thing that could happen to the main character of that game is, and it's not right. <laughs> I guarantee you. It's like, it's crazy. There's some cool shit in that game. Uh, the shooting was worse than the first one, though. That's that's the weird thing. Like, the first one was really hard. To, like, really hard for me. It was like, I, I wanted to throw my controller <laughs> from my TV at some points. But this one, there was, like, severe auto-aim on PC, which, like, shouldn't happen. Yeah. And it would just lock to people's heads, and every character died with one headshot. So it'd be like, <laughs> Just, like, I never died. I died, like, three times in that whole game. It's, like, six hours. So, anyways, Doom 2 might be uh, happening at uh, E3. And then, so last week, we talked about Agony and how it got delayed because if <laughs> they had to censor some stuff because it would have gotten an adults only rating on playstation and xbox yeah but uh they fixed it and now it's coming out on may 29th i'm gonna play it yeah i mean that's soon yeah it's like a month away uh-huh uh and dark the, the other game i was i thought i'd be obsessed with was dark souls on switch but that got delayed to summer 2018 so yeah i mean it's cool we got a release date for agony since yeah. both of us are interested in at least seeing what that game's about you're gonna play it right yeah so are you gonna so we both we both have pretty beefy PCs, right? Like, yeah. We both have gaming laptops. George's has a 1050 and mine has a 1060. We both have desktop PCs that have 1070s. So we can both run this on computer. Are you gonna play it on computer just to get that AO patch? Yeah, because I want to see what it you is. You want to see? I want to see what they had to take out. It's gotta be something like just shooting a baby point blank. <laughs> it's it's gotta be what it is, dude. Like every option I came up with last week. I didn't realize, remember, they, like, had a gif of it under. Yeah. I, I like, mean, this is something that I think we're gonna just going to have to see to believe, because everything <laughs> about this game that they put out looks insane. Yeah. So. It looks really cool. Yeah, it does look awesome. I mix this game up. Have you, have you ever seen the footage that I put on the Instagram of Scorn? That's yeah. the one with the where mm-hmm. your gun's a worm. Yeah. I want that game to come that out. That looks sweet, too. The H.R. Geiger-inspired game. Like, that looks like Alien. Yeah. Yeah, I want that, too, but. We'll we'll see how it, we'll talk to you guys about agony when it's out though. I mean, maybe we can get a little early and give you guys some impressions, but I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I'm. I want to see what that game's all about. It sounds really cool though. Uh, and then my next thing on here is all caps. How are they still casting people for this movie? <laughs> Which a I think is yeah, it's Goosebumps too. Uh, Slappy Halloween. So Peyton Witch joined the sequel to Goosebumps slappy halloween and he was in stranger things i guess but i don't recognize him <laughs> he played the bully troy okay 
anyways, he's in the new Goosebumps movie, which they're still casting people for, even though it comes out in October. <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's going to star Jack Black as uh, R.L. Stein. So, my hopes for this one are low. I mean, what does it have going for at this point? I don't know. I really thought about that. That pause right there. <laughs> I can see it, the waveform of my thought <laughs> on Audacity right now, and I have nothing. I mean, it sucks. Like, I'm upset that we didn't get Jack Black to come back. Like, why do they Why bother? Why even do it? Yeah. Why do the sequel? Like, that movie was good. I really liked I mean, that one. It's fun. It's like a good like kids horror movie yeah and it's a it calls back to a bunch made of those, me tear up at the end i mean it's a great callback to a bunch of when the, the girl's not a book character anymore <laughs> i was like oh my god she's a human being now i mean i thought that was a fun like family movie heartfelt bad cgi bad cgi but the story was good and i thought pretty well executed i love when slappy is driving a car because <laughs> that's not cgi and he's just throwing burning books out of this car <laughs> Like, if Vine was still around when that movie came out, that would have been a Vine. For sure. Like, so fast. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like this one's probably not going to do well. It should be illegal to put Stranger Things actor joins X. Because it's never anyone you know. It's never. This just happened. Remember? Sweaty Kid joined something? Yeah. What? what? I forget what movie it was, but it was like, it was the guy who in season... One no season two season when two. Steve's breaking up yeah with when Nancy. Steve leaves the basketball game he comes out he's like Steve we got a game to play it was called like sweaty guy <laughs> I swear to God that's what he used to guess is like cut that shit out <laughs> you shouldn't get credit for something that big if all you do is walk yeah I mean it's just it's like false advertising <laughs> that's bullshit if you're not one of the main kids or more known a writer then <laughs> that's like. <laughs> If I delivered a Subway sandwich to the set of Modern Family, which I easily could have done at my old job, and then I got an acting gig, and then they were like, extra from Modern Family, (laughs) who showed up in one frame because he delivered a sandwich, is cast in this. Yeah. People would be like, that's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, I mean, having this bully... In the Goosebumps 2, they're still casting people for, for a movie that's coming out this year. So they're obviously not done filming, or even close to done filming at all. Alright guys, here's a niche joke. This is really niche, so you can skip ahead 20 seconds if you don't care. <laughs> this guy looks like... So, I watched Teen Mom 2 a lot in high school. And this kid looks like the girl Janelle's mom. Does kind of look like her. Do you know who that is? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He looks like he's yelling in her voice too in this picture that they chose. So, I don't know, man. It's like they're just doing everything they can to make me not want to see this movie. Yeah. I mean, I can't really hold that against him though. To yeah, be fair. Right. I mean, what? Like I said, I mean, there's really like what could they have done to really bring it back? If the Jack Black's not coming back, then what's yeah, the that, point? Yeah, that story was kind of open and shut. Now that I think about it. Like, they didn't really even need to do a sequel. No, but I think it made money, so they wanted to make more money. Bye Bye Man made money. That's true. Think about that. But it keeps me off at night. It does. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So, the last thing on here. Anytime we can give Fright Rags some love, you know we're going to do it. For Alien Day, 
426, April 26th, in honor of LV426, Fright Rags is releasing a box set with a, like a Halloween mask of the Xenomorph that is fucking haunting. It is creepy as hell. Yeah. It doesn't even look like a Xenomorph, I'm going to be honest. No, it just looks really creepy. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it's really scary. I really like the box art for it, though. Yeah. It's, it looks It's a Ben cool. Cooper mask. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just a cool mask that would look He's great. He's done these bundles before. They're so cool. They come in really cool boxes. It's like a bundle with a mask and a t-shirt, and I am going to buy this. Yeah, I mean, that would look great, like, on a wall or... I'm going to go to bed wearing it. <laughs> so, because my girlfriend gets up before me, I'm going to go to bed wearing it, and then she's going to wake up the next morning, and then she's going to shoot me with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll haunt her <laughs> as a ghost that's worth it <laughs> worth it <laughs> i'll be in like that waiting room from beetlejuice they'll be like well, yeah exactly. what are you doing here I'll be like well and then i'll tell the story and instantly regret it <laughs> you're so, like can i go back I'm like no 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 you you uh broke the an- antagonism clause here <laughs> like well maybe it was worth it I don't think I'm going to do this. No, I still <laughs> not, that should give a little bit of extra thought to it. Yeah, I don't... I also don't... I think I'd be pretty upset if Kelsey had a surprise gun to pull on me. Yeah. I don't think she has one. No, that'd be very shocking. I'd be like... Dying breath, I'd be like, Who, whose gun was that? <laughs> and then there'd be some dude under the bed like, It's mine. It's mine. And then he'd take my girlfriend and I'd be a ghost. And it's the dry man. And he's been there it's the whole the time. It's the dry man, dude. <laughs> but he'd be like... <laughs> Because his throat would be so dry because he's super glued all his spit glands. <laughs> I told my friend Graham, who I make movies with, about that. And, uh, like, sucks for him because five minutes before that, he told me I could pick the next thing we do. <laughs> which is a mistake on his part. And I told him the Dryman story. And then he just, like, looked at me for a good ten seconds. And then just laughed like, there's no way you're serious about, about this, this. <laughs> i was serious i was dead serious <laughs> i want to make the dry man a thing the dry man trailer coming soon hashtag support the dry man <laughs> bring the dry man to life i'm gonna start a gofundme for the dry man bring the dry man to to fruition <laughs> how did i come up with this thing? oh man all right so I'm going to go draft up that GoFundMe real quick. We're going to take a quick break, (laughs) and we'll be right back with segment two, our review of Hell House LLC. Before we review uh, Hell House LLC, we got a John Carpenter alert. George just read a tweet from him. I, I feel like we need to read this on air. This is breaking news. So John Carpenter tweeted, as we know, he's gotten into video games a little bit in his later years. There was that article that came out that he was obsessed with Destiny 2. He played Fallout and uh, Horizon also. Yeah, so his latest game he's been playing is Far Cry 5, and his review of the game is, Far Cry 5 is an open world shooter that takes place in Montana where a religious cult has taken over Hope County. Entertaining gameplay, beautiful graphics, Faith Seed is a babe. (laughs) <laughs> all of that is accurate i mean he's not wrong in any aspect of so for those of you who don't know far cry 5 is set up differently than the other games it's kind of so it's a big map which it's basically the whole state of montana uh even though it's called hope county and it's broken into three sections and each one has a leader and you kill them 
And the first leader is this guy, I forgot his name. And then the second leader is this girl named Faith. And she's like an Instagrammer that the cult uses to make people join the cult by doing drugs. Yeah. She is a babe, though. Yeah. She's really Well, because she's like an Instagram model yeah, that she's attracts like a... people to the cult. Yeah, she's, she's like, like a festival girl. She's like a muse. Like, yeah. luring people in. Like, think of Coachella. And if you didn't think of a hot girl, think of a hot girl <laughs> that would go to Coachella. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So, let's get into our movie this week. We're finally reviewing it. Hell House LLC. So, if you guys don't know, this movie, I have no idea how I found it. Oh, it's because Dreadit, which is the worst fucking place on the internet, <laughs> they love this movie for some reason. You can never nail down what Dreadit's gonna like. Yeah, they're a weird bunch. Yeah. And I very, very rarely take recommendations from Dreadit. But this time, like, I just saw... One too many posts about Hell House LLC, and then some guy said it's on Amazon Prime. So one night I just watched it, just instantly fell in love with it. It's a, it's a found footage movie about a group of friends who buy this hotel. They have a company called Hell House, and they're usually in New York City. Every year they make a haunted house. But this year they buy this Abingdale. Was that what's called? Abingdale? Abingdale, something like that. Yeah, hotel. It, it's called a hotel. <laughs> and so they come out of the city, buy this old abandoned hotel. They're going to make a haunted house there. Uh, one, they start staying overnight there and weird shit keeps happening and things come to a head and it's, it's a crazy movie, but if, the more you look into this movie, the better it gets. The director, I think his name is, uh, what's his name? Steven Cognetti. I want to say, yeah, Steven Cognetti. He took five, he, he wrote and edited it. You look at the credits. A lot of the producing credits are his family members. Yeah. I think it took him five years or something to make this movie, but he just did such a good job. Uh, there's no recognizable names in it. I think the only one actor in it who has like a real career is Gore Abrams. And he's a TJ Miller lookalike, which is good for him yeah. because TJ Miller threw his entire career away. Yeah, so he's this gone guy, now. So maybe yeah. he can pick up this, the pieces. Gore Abrams has a, a spot to step into, which is nice. But it's just, it's good. It's really good. So how do you want to start? How do you want to start this review? I mean, I think you and I both are bigger fans of the found footage genre than most. Mm-hmm. And I think this is basically the pinnacle of yeah. found footage movies. I think that in, I mean, just starting off with the setting of them buying the hotel, setting it up. I mean, we both like that, like, you know, we went to uh, Rotten Manor. Like, yeah, for our, our first, first episode. episode. So, I mean, we think that, like, haunted houses are cool in general. So you get, first off, a cool back-end look at haunted houses. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little bit, also we watched a... Uh, Hunters, Art of the Scare. So it's got like elements of that where you get to see kind of the back end of building Haunted House. You get to see like the different things they set up, the plans that they have right, right. for the different floors and all that's really cool. And we've seen documentaries on making Haunted Houses. Right. They're pretty spot on in this. Yeah. I mean, accurate. Uh, I think everything they do set up, like the masks and everything look realistic. They look like something that you yeah. would pick up. If you were to build a haunted house, you're like, I'd go to the store and I'd pick up this, 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 and this. There, like, there's a clown costume in it that, so when I shot, I just shot a clown short. And when we went to the Hollywood costume store to get the costume, I, the, the clown costume in this movie that's on one of the mannequins, which is haunting. That costume is like a very generic one that mm-hmm. everyone uses. And I'm pretty sure it's the same one in the movie Dread Central just released, uh, Terrifier. So. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that it feels realistic in the sense that mm-hmm. it feels like these this could be a haunted house that you would be able to visit that it's not something where 
everything looks way too expensive, like as if it is <laughs> like a full horror yeah. movie budget being set up in this yeah, place. Yeah. But so I think that is all nailed extremely well. Yeah. I think the characters are kind of flat. They feel like this is this is weird. This is kind of like a cop out defense for the movie. I, I'm gonna state right now. They feel like real people. It feels yeah. like you're watching real people. Like, yeah. There's nothing. You can't really characterize them as any archetype. You know, they're just real friends that are hanging out and trying to make this haunted house a success. And the only real characterization I would say is that the leader of the group he he's like super into making this happen no matter what. So when all this haunted stuff's happening. And all this weird stuff is happening in the house. He's adamant about keeping going. And even when one of the characters disappears, he's still adamant about keeping the house going. And his friends are always like, dude, we got to shut this down. Yeah, they kind of paint him as the bad guy mm-hmm. in it because he stupid will do, you know, he doesn't care about like he sort of painting as like the guy who doesn't care about the well-being of his friends because he wants to make the haunted house happen regardless of any Right, that right. Would be stopping he wants him. to make money. Right, and they allude to it halfway through. This is the weirdest part of the movie. I still don't get this. this. Is like one of the only things I think is like where it breaks continuity. They get in a fight because one of the characters disappears and comes back, and he's still adamant about doing the haunted house. And then one of the characters gets pissed off and leaves. I'm I'm saying one of the characters, so you guys don't get too much spoiled for you. So the character leaves, and then the leader guy follows him out. And they talk out in this, like, field, and then they're okay, but you don't really ever find out what he tells him, like, why he needs to do this haunted house. Yeah. You're just supposed to assume that's because he's broke or something, but mm-hmm. and that didn't really work for me, I would say. So, yeah, it's, like, kind of a weird resolution of that. Yeah. They never addressed it again. I was just like, oh. No. Right, like, it's almost like they put in the conflict to set something up and then didn't do anything with it. Yeah, and then yeah, just, yeah. like, went back to it. So you could have just cut that out without changing anything. Right, because it didn't resolve anything. Yeah, so, so that's kind of strange. It? But once things start to ramp up, there is a... One of the main terrors of the house is it's this clown. They have, like, three clowns set up in the basement. Yeah. And this one, continuously throughout the movie, like, moves around. Like, they'll be walking and they'll turn the corner and he's just, like, standing there. And he's terrifying. Yeah. This thing is so scary. And I think... It looks like there's a guy in it, (laughs) even though it's a mannequin. Yeah. I mean, it looks terrifying. And I think that the scares in this movie are some of the best. Oh, God. This is one of the most generally terrifying movies I can think of. We've seen it so many times. Every time. At this point, we just kind of talk through it, you know, we're on our phones or whatever. But there's there's a couple parts in it that, like, as soon as they come out, we both just shut up and stare because it's so scary. There's yeah. it's there's a part there's one bedroom scene. Oh, God, the bedroom scene. That's what I'm talking genuinely about. horrifying, like a hundred percent terrifying. God, it's just <laughs> I won't spoil it, but it's crazy. And I've, a lot of people's biggest complaint with found footage movies is that they don't really give you a reason of why why would they be filming? why would you ever see it and why would they be filming? Yeah, but this one they're doc they're documenting their haunted house experience of making it. Mm-hmm. And then the only reason these tapes are being shown to us is because another crew is making a documentary about the Hell House and, like, about this event. Right. And then at the end, it kind of all comes to a head. And the ending is where it kind of... It it doesn't stick the landing, but it doesn't necessarily fall apart, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think that... Without trying to spoil anything, I think it's 
a cool route to go, but I think it could have been interwoven in the story better. It's than... definitely somewhere where they could have used more money, I would say. Yeah, I think more money would have helped, and I think maybe setting it up or dropping hints more throughout the movie. They yeah. do a little bit, but I think more backstory about that would be definitely cooler. When you see the actual haunted house working, though, when they do open Amazing. it up... It's like, it looks like a functional haunted house. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool because you see them set up different set pieces throughout the movie. And then you do get to see all of those set pieces in action at one point. And they do, it looks like a real haunted house. It like looks up to par with Rotten Manor, I'd say. Yeah. And it was really cool. They have a few scenes where they're like testing out bits of the yeah. haunted house. So it'll be like, okay, like we're doing the freak alley or whatever. They have the like mutant like Louisiana people or something and they have like the smog rolling in and they turn on the lights like the uh, strobe lights yeah. and they lock the guy in while he's filming and he's just like that's another really terrifying scene yeah because it's just I mean it feels like you're in there with them yeah and like when you see what he sees with throughout the flashes of the lights you're like you get chills you're like yeah. I, like I wouldn't want to be in there at all and then they go back and watch his footage and they nailed it perfectly when they're all watching like haha this is fun and then there's like a turn and all the actors are watching this footage you're not watching it with them you're just watching them you see all their faces just go like oh like shit. yikes that's <laughs> like fucking awesome dude and the best part about this is it's free on prime everyone has amazon prime i think it's on netflix at this point but i really suggest I think he did a restock of the director's cut. I'm going to check right now. So if you hear typing, that's what I'm doing. But if he did a restock of the director's cut, which I'm finding out, I think you should really consider buying it because he's working on a sequel right now. And I think it's already shot. Like this movie got big last year, but I think it came out in 2016. Yeah. So he, the, the sequel is already shot. Yeah. The director's cut is a 1499 DVD on Amazon. And it's prime, so there's really no reason not to wa- not to pick that up. Uh, it's uh, it came out in October of last year, so man, buy this movie, buy the director's cut. Unfortunately, we can't tell you if the ending is improved in it. Yeah, unfortunately, we aren't able to confirm. Like, I don't think that's the director's cut on Prime. I I don't either. And the funny thing is, I brought this home at Christmas, and we just never got a chance to watch it. And this time I made a point to bring it home again. <laughs> and then we were just too drunk. So, you know, we'll, we'll watch it eventually and let you guys know. It's just another excuse to talk about this movie. But yeah. either way, even, I think it's just an extended ending, which means it doesn't change the ending. Mm-hmm. So if it just sticks the landing, then that's that's good. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have many complaints about this movie. I think I'd think i give it's... it a solid 9, a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I love it. I'd probably give it that. I want to, well. like host a theatrical screening of this somewhere it's just like i want more people to see it yeah it's really good so like dread it sucks but they really <laughs> they nailed it on this yeah one. <laughs> yeah like i don't think i'm giving them a pass in the future but <laughs> this is the rare case where a movie that people brought up on dread it more than once like ended up being good so i mean you know what they say even a stop clock is right twice a day yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> dread it in a <laughs> i don't know like where the people who go on that subreddit <laughs> regularly come from i just don't get it yeah it's it, they're a weird bunch there for sure yeah it's the horror subreddit so <laughs> i don't know i mean if you're on there frequently you're normal yeah that's everyone else we're right. talking about 
So I think that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our one of two. Well, we're, I'm, I think we're gonna do one more in person episode because I'm going back to LA on Wednesday, but George is coming with me so we can go to Disneyland. Yeah. So we might record. <laughs> yeah, we'll Sunday. record early so we can get another one of these in person boys. Yeah. Down because I like it. I think it's cool. Yeah. So I'll find out when I edit it how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, George, you get to bring us home in person. All right. Uh, as always, come back next week for more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening.